I want you to know that we're right in the middle of a series called Palm Tree Living. Now, that seems a little bit of a weird title, and you may ask yourself, Brother Jackie, where did that come from? We'll talk about that in just a moment, but Palm Tree Living. When you think about Palm Tree Living, it's living the good life. And there's a lot of people today that's talking about the good life, but they really don't know what they're talking about. They look at it from a prosperity point of view and a prosperity gospel. But I'm telling you, my friend, Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 10 and verse number 10, I have come that they might have what? Life and have it what? More abundantly. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You know, Dr. Rick, one of the things that bothers me today is that when I look around the Christian community today, it looks as if the Christian community is living their life defeated. They're oppressed, they're beat down, churches are dying everywhere. I believe it's high time in America that Christians rise up and give glory to God and get life back in their spirit. And I believe it's time for revival to happen in our churches. And so today, as we look at that, we realize that God is giving us an abundant life. And that abundant life is not just when we get to heaven. He said, I'm coming to give you life and giving it more abundantly. Does that mean that we won't go through hard times? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we won't experience storms in our life? Absolutely not. Does that mean that there's going to be dark days and, and, and all things, are, you know, it's not always going to be pretty. I'm telling you, uh, there, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We're not a home yet. We're on a journey. We're pilgrims. And because of that, we're in a hostile world, and we're in a foreign territory. Until that time when God calls the midnight cry and the church goes home, we've got to fight to fight. We've got a battle that we're in. We're not on a playground. We're on a battleground. And we have to realize that. That battle intensifies for the believer that wants to grow in their walk with the Lord. One of the most incredible truths that we've learned in palm tree living, and I want to give you two definitions today. So the first one is, what is palm tree living? What is palm tree living? Now, I'm not going to give you any blanks to fill out on that, but I do want you to say it out loud with me, and that is this. It is what? Consistently living in experiencing and enjoying the abundant, victorious Christian life, watch, despite the challenges, circumstances, or the climate that I may find myself presently in or about to face. Now, I want to do that again because you know what? There is power in that definition. What is palm tree living? Let's start again. It is what? It is consistently living in experiencing and enjoying the abundant Christian life, what? Despite the challenges, circumstances of the climate that I might find myself presently in or about to face. Now let's just kind of take a minute before we dig in today, that palm tree living thought. What is it? It is consistently. Underline that in your definition. That is you are consistent. What I find happening today is too much inconsistency. We've got inconsistent attendance. We've got inconsistent victory. Uh, you know, it's easy to serve God when everything's going well. 
It's easy to serve God when you first get saved. I, I see people, they get saved, and man, they're all on fire for God. And, and all of the, you know, they're excited about Jesus. They're in the church. They're praising God. They're lifting their hands. They're singing songs of victory. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of see it happen. They'll start on the front row, move into the middle, move into the back, in the balcony, out the door. And you go, well, what in the world happened to them? Listen, my friend. Now, that's a, that's a picture of how that so many times we get excited about God and then life hits us. And battles come and struggles happen and kids get crazy and spouses get crazy and life is tough and life is hard and we're trying to hold on and all of a sudden, watch this. The joy and the victory of God begins to evaporate out of your life. God never intended for that to happen. God intended for you to have a consistent victory in your life. And that consistent victory should be there despite the challenges, the circumstances, or the climate that you may find yourself in. There's a lot of people that they, they're, they're all about it when life is good, when the mountaintop is there when it's not hard on them. But what about when the devil attacks you? What about when the flesh manifests its head? What about when the cares of the world come and it gets hard? Uh, palm tree living is standing firm no matter what. Palm tree living is standing victoriously no matter what. It is despite the challenges, the circumstances, or the climate that you might find yourself in. The challenges of life, the circumstances of life. And by the way, I want to say this to you. Every child of God goes through valleys. And everybody goes through dry times. And everybody has difficult days. And it's not always easy. It's not always, uh, it's not always a, a positive thing uh, to, to live the hard life when times are hard. And when you look at this, you begin to realize that what, God, what does God do? God wants to consistently give you victory. Watch this, write this down. Victory is an inside job. Amen. It's what's going on inside you. It's not what's happening around you. It's what's going on inside you. Just because I'm a pastor, just because I've been preaching a long time, doesn't mean that it's always easy. It doesn't mean that I get up every day and go, woo, sometimes I get up and go, oh my. Sometimes I just want to throw in the towel. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it's difficult. But you know what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Listen, victory is an inside job. It's not dictated by everything else. So we've got to live the palm tree life. Now, now let's think about this. We gave another definition last week. We've got to learn to flourish. We've got to learn to flourish. Everybody say that. What's that word? We've got to learn to what? Flourish. What is the definition of flourishing? That's what God wants you to do. Even in the hard times, even in the difficult times, he wants you to grow, to thrive, to achieve success, to prosper, to be what? Adorned. To be, watch this now, displayed and to what? twirl or to be in a state of activity or production to reach the height of development of influence. Now before we get away from that, think about this for a minute. What does God want you to do? God wants you to flourish 
in the good times and the hard times. God wants you to grow. God wants you to thrive. God wants you to be, watch this. What does God do for you as a believer? When things are tough and, and life is hard and you're struggling, but yet you are founded on the rock of Jesus Christ and you shall not be moved, you're going to have victory no matter what because he's promised it to you. You know what God does when you're going through a hard time? Say what, Brother Jackie? He puts you on display. Watch this now. Your co-workers are watching you walk through a valley. Your neighbors are seeing the hard times. And you know what God does? He puts you on display. And he says to the world around you, this is my child. This is my son. This is my daughter. And by the way, I'm putting them on display in a hurricane. I'm putting them on display in a storm. And you know what I'm convinced that my son is going to do and my daughter is going to do when the hurricane comes in their life and the storm rolls in their life? You know what I believe? I believe they're going to twirl. They're going to be like a palm tree. The wind is going to blow them, and the harder the wind blows them, the more they're going to dance. The stronger the storm gets, the more they're going to twirl. The harder the rain comes, the more beautiful they're going to be. Because in the midst of their battle, in the midst of their storm, in the midst of their hard time, I'm putting them on display, and I'm going to let them twirl for the world to see. Can I get an amen? Can anybody been there? Can I get an amen? Anybody been in a hard time where God said, twirl for me? Anybody been there? Can you get an amen? If you've been there, give God praise for that because he is a good God. He puts you on display so that I wished I could twirl. I'd be like a ballet dancer up here on my toes if I could just watch this. God just storms coming. To God be the glory. Hard times are here. To God be the glory. Tough times are coming. To God be the glory. Listen, the world may be out there giving a news report on how tough times is, but while they're giving a hard report on the tough times, the children of God ought to be waving their branches to the glory of God. Can I get an amen? We ought to be twirling and be on display for God. Can I get an amen? And I thank God for that. So the, the title today is How Do You Flourish and Continue to Flourish? How do you do that? How do you flourish and keep on flourishing? Now, there's a lot of people that start off flourishing and then they lose their flourish. But I want to get you today to understand how do you flourish and keep on flourishing. So open your Bible to the book of Psalms and we're going to look at Psalms 92 today. Now, I want you to see this because it is powerful, everybody. This is a psalm of David, and you'll remember this is a psalm that is sung on the Sabbath day, a day of praise, a day of worship, and this is a psalm that is written so that the people of God can sing it to the glory of God in, on the day of worship, and they would begin to sing this psalm out to the glory of God. And I want you to notice in Psalms 92 and verse number 12, let's read it together, everybody. The righteous shall what? Flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Watch this, verse 13, are you there? Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish in the courts of our God. In verse number 12, we see the word the righteous. 
Now you have to understand that you have to realize, do you qualify or not qualify? Now, if you're going to be righteous, we know that our righteousness is like filthy rags. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. But the Bible also says that God has made us the righteousness of, God, of Christ in Jesus. That is the only way we can be righteous is we have to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. So if you know Jesus as your Savior, you are righteous. Not because of who you are or what you've done. You're righteous because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So you have to ask yourself this question, do you qualify? Do you qualify? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? If you've never been born again, you don't qualify. But if you've been born again, you are righteous in Jesus. Can I give an amen? It's not based off what I feel or what I've done or my accomplishments, but it's based off the old rugged cross and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And because of that, when I come to Christ by faith, my sins are forgiven, and I am placed in Jesus. And when I'm placed in Jesus, watch this. God says, that son, that daughter is righteous. And watch what verse, look what it says. The righteous shall what? Flourish. Underline that in your Bible. You got to flourish. Like the palm tree. Where does this thing come from? Right there. You are to flourish like a palm tree. And those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish in the courts of our God. So you've got to be righteous and you've got to be planted. Now we know that we're planted in Christ, but you've got to be planted in serving him in a church. You've got to get rock solid. Watch this. If I take a tree and I dig a hole and I plant it, and then I, I, I let it stay there a day, and I go, well, I don't like where it is, and I pick it up, and I plant it over here. And, it, and, I, and, I, and I say, well, you know, I, and I plant it over here, and I plant That's what's happening among Christians today. They don't get planted in a rock-solid church, and, and they're here today and gone tomorrow. And they're over here, and they're over there, and they're over here, and they're over there. And by the way, you're not looking for the symbols of Christianity you need to be looking for the Christ of Christianity. Amen. It's not about all this other stuff. You've got to get planted in the house of God. So how do you do that? How do you stay planted? I think I know. Take your Bible and open it up to the book of John now. John chapter 15. How do you stay planted? Are y'all with me today? Say amen. amen. Y'all must have had a rough weekend. Here we go. Everybody with me? Say amen. amen. Anybody want to learn something today? Say amen. John 15, how do you stay planted so you can flourish? Now, John 15, here's the hallmark chapter of how you flourish. Here it is. John 15, beginning in verse number one. Are you with me? I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges in that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Look at verse number four. Everybody read it out loud. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. Look at it. No more can you except you what? I am the 
vine, you are the branches. He that, y'all can't even say it. He that what? Abideth in me and I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. Read this like you mean it. For without me, you can do nothing. Watch this, I'm not done with y'all. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them together and cast them in the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Now what, God, what Jesus is saying here is that you've got to understand a principle if you're going to flourish. And there are so many people that don't understand this principle. So let's look at point number one in the outline today. And that is this. Establishing the facts about palm tree living. Now there's some facts that you've got to establish. There's some rock solid truths that you cannot miss. Everybody wants to live the good life. Everybody wants to prosper. Everybody wants to flourish. But remember what Jesus said? Without me, you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. And by the way, without Jesus, a church can't do nothing. Without Jesus, a family can't do nothing. And an individual can't do nothing. You gotta have Jesus if you're gonna do something that's gonna matter. So let's establish some facts about this. First of all, fact number one, and it goes like this. Christ is the vine. Christ is the vine. And we realize that Jesus himself in Matthew or John chapter 15, verse number five says, he said this, I am the vine. So we've got to realize then that Jesus is the vine. And we know that this scripture is about Israel and God working in, our, in the life of the nation, but also it applies to us as believers. It's not just some historical account. It's a present day reality. And Jesus has always been the vine and he always will be the vine. So we have to realize then that the facts that we have to establish in our life, number one, Jesus is the vine. Number two, write it down. Goes like this. I am the branch. That's the second thing. I am the branch. You got to realize that. I am the branch. Jesus is the vine. I'm the branch. John 15, verse number five, the latter part of that says these words. And notice the scripture it says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. So we got a vine but we got branches, and Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Then I like this part. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the life connection. You look at this in the next point, and you begin to realize that <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the connection that you have to have to the vine. Amen. The Holy Spirit connects life to you, and that life is Jesus Christ. Can I just tell y'all something? I believe that the church ought to be the most alive place on planet Earth. Can I give an amen? 
I believe that believers ought to be the most alive people on planet earth. Why? Because we have the spirit of God living in us. God's not dead. He's surely alive. When I look at believers today, I think, man, alive. Something wrong with you. Something sucked the life out of you. Can I tell you this? How many of you know Jesus as your Savior? Can I see your hand? Then hold it up. Hold it up. And look at your neighbor and say, well, then the Holy Spirit lives in the, inside you. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all believe the Holy Spirit is alive? Can I get an amen? The Bible says don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And I believe our churches could have a good old dose of fullness of the Holy Spirit. Our pulpits need a dose of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Our lives need the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this? Sometimes I think we forgot that. We've forgotten that we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And when you open your scripture up to the book of John chapter 14, you see what Jesus says. Before he goes to heaven, he makes this promise to all of us. I'm going to pray, and how many of you believe that when Jesus prayed, the Father would answer him? He says, I'm going to pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Watch this, next part of that verse. And he's going to do what? How long? He's going to abide with you forever. Forever. Good times, he's there. Bad times, he's there. Mountaintop, he's there. Valley, he's there. Sunshiny days, he's there. Storms, he's there. He's always there. Next verse says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. We've got something the world don't have, y'all. We've got more power than anybody in this world. We have the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? The world does not have what we have. And the Bible says, because it seeth him not. Watch this. Neither does it know him. Y'all got to help me. But you know him, for he dwells in you, and he shall be in you. Can I get, that just gives me, listen, I'm liable to get back to Costo here. Can I get an amen, church? He dwells on the inside of us. So Jesus the vine, we're the branches, we got life, 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 life. We got life, y'all, running through our veins. I got to do that again, because y'all ain't got life yet. We got life, 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 y'all. Running through our veins. Can I get an amen? We got life, y'all, running through our veins. We got a life inside of us. We got something inside of us the world don't have. Got life. Life. And that life is living in me. Good night is good, y'all. Life. Some of y'all need a good dose of it. Life. Life. Either y'all don't know him or you got a hangover or something. Something. Something, something. Can I tell you this? Can I just, can I go over here for a minute? When I'm a palm tree and God puts me on display and he's twirling me and he's saying, look at that palm tree and the world's watching me and they're going, man, how does he make it? Well, I know how we make it. We don't make it by ourselves. We got Jesus in our life. And watch this, y'all. I know it's going to be crazy, but watch this. What if God were to put a whole oasis of palm trees together? Because that's what he does. And, and all this oasis of palm trees come together. And man, folks are out in the desert, and they're looking for some hope. 
and they look at these palm trees that are gathered here on Sunday morning, and we got life in us, and we start showing the world this life because we are an oasis of palm trees that is standing firm and strong. How many of y'all know that we'll send a message to the world the world has not seen in a long time? It's time for the church to rise up together and say to the, the world, we got life in us. Can I give an amen? That life is not just about a show, but it's about a savior. It's about who he is. It's about that. And then God the Father is the caretaker. He knows how to do it, don't he? Amen. How many of y'all believe the Father knows how to do it? Amen. Let me tell you what it says. It says uh, that the Father, go to that next point. The, God the Father is the caretaker. And I want you to notice this. Uh, God the Father is the caretaker. And, and what he says in John chapter 15, <clears throat> in verse number one, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. That means he, he's the caretaker. And the Bible says some, he has to purge us. Sometimes he'll take the pruning scissors out, cut a little bit off here and a little bit off there and knock a rough edge off here and put you through a storm because you need to grow a little bit. He knows what's best for you. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's not comfortable when the caretaker starts moving in your life because he knows what you need more than you know what you need. He knows how to move and shape and form us and say, you know, I need to get this one off. I need to take this away from you so I can give you this. I need to get this off of you so you can grow more here. And sometimes the caretaker, the husbandman, has to do a work that for the best, for our best interest and his glory. And then when the father does that, the next thing is the fruit should be produced. We ought to see some fruit happening. Uh, one of the things that's died in the church today, we ain't got no fruit. No, no fruit is evident. We're not producing anything. We made it more about us than we have about him. And the Bible says in John 15, it, see, it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth what? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let me ask you a question. How much fruit is growing through your life? Have you produced anything lately? Has God... Produce something through you lately. What's been going on with you? Are you dried up? Are you dying inside? Have you lost the vision of fruit in your life? Oh, man, you got to realize that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. And he wants to produce that fruit. Now, there's a qualifier, the next point, that's established. This qualifier is established for every Christian, every church. We have to realize that this qualifier is there. And here's the qualifier. It says in John 15, verse number five, I am, read this with me, everybody. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him does what? Brings forth much fruit. What's the qualifier? For without me, you can do nothing. That's the qualifier. Let me ask you a question. Have you been trying to do it on your own? Have you been trying to do it by yourself? 
You've been trying to live life with your strength. Can I tell you this? You will not be successful doing that. For without Jesus, you can do nothing. Nothing. You know what that ought to do to me and you? That ought to drive us toward him, not away from him. That ought to drive churches toward him. People going, how are we going to grow our church? we got to get some folks excited and get our church growing. Can I tell you this, my friend? Stop looking at the world and start looking at Jesus Amen. because if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men to him. we got our mind. We, in today's world, somehow or another, we're thinking that Christianity is a market that we, that we market rather than a savior we lift up. We have to realize that we can't leave Jesus out of this thing. Because if we leave Jesus out of this thing, we can only produce what we produce. But when we lift him up and we say, you know what, there's this qualifier for us. My life, your life, all of our lives. And the qualifier is without Jesus, I can do nothing. But with him, come on now, all things are possible. How many of y'all believe that? So shout it out with me. Let's go through those, those quick things real quick. Christ is the one. I am the the Holy Spirit is the God the Father is the fruit should be what? And the qualifier is established. Say the qualifier. Without me, you can do nothing. All right, do y'all believe that? All right, let's look at the next thing. I'm gonna take you somewhere. The abiding branch, that's me. I'm the branch, remember? is only in trouble, but this is good, I had me a fit when I wrote this down. The abiding branch is only in trouble when the vine, that's Jesus, dies. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, y'all not hearing me right now. You're not hearing me. You gotta go back. The abiding branch, who's that? That's me is only in trouble when the vine, that's Jesus, dies. And this will never happen. It'll never happen to Christ, my vine. Everybody say that last word. Wow. How many of y'all know he ain't gonna die? Can I get amen? How many of y'all believe he died once on the cross he was buried, and on the third day, he rose again. Y'all believe that? Say amen. Never to die again. Guess what? I'm only in real trouble when my vine dies. My vine ain't gonna die. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, my vine ain't never gonna die. <clears throat> my vine ain't never gonna die. My vine's alive. Can I get an amen? My vine will never die. My vine has conquered death, hell, and the grave. My vine is alive forevermore. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father ever living to make intercession. My vine's alive. Can I get an amen? And because of that, I'm only in trouble when my vine dies. If you really look at it, if I stay connected to the vine, I can only be in trouble if my vine dies. And I got to tell you all this, he ain't never going to die. Again, amen. He ain't never gonna die. So, so if I want to stay out of trouble, 
I just stay connected to the vine that will never die. Amen. I'm, if, if I ever get in trouble, I must say, well, I'm, something, something must be wrong with the branch, not the vine. Because the branch can only be in trouble as it's connected to the vine if the vine dies. And the vine ain't never going to die. Amen. All right, I got to tell you this. Palm tree living is to realize and recognize. You got to realize it, you got to recognize it. That as a believer, you are positionally, presently, and eternally in Christ. Y'all believe that? You are positionally in Christ, you are presently in Christ, and you are eternally in Christ, and because of that, your life is deathless. <laughs> deathless. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but believers' lives are deathless. When we are in Jesus, when we are in Jesus, we are positionally in life, not death. That, that's why I struggle with, with Christians and churches. I go, man, what's wrong with everybody? What's wrong with our church? People say our church is dying. I'm going, why? Why is churches dying? Why, why does believers look like they're dead? Why is the church decreasing rather than increasing? If we believe that we can never be in trouble unless our vine dies, and our vine ain't never going to die, and we are positionally in Christ, and we are presently in Christ, and we are eternally in Christ, and we are deathless because of that, there ought to be more life in the house of God than anywhere in the world. Amen. Can I give an amen? Yes. There ought to be more life in us than anywhere in the world. You say, Brother Jack, I don't know about that. Well, take your Bible, open it up to John 11, chapter 11. Just flip back over there. Let's see if it's true. Let's see if we're deathless as a believer. Are you with me? And you remember this, <clears throat> Jesus said this to Martha in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Read verse 26 with me, everybody. And whosoever lives and believes in me, some of y'all that's just on the verge of it, need to say that again. Let's read that again. Whosoever lives... Or anybody in here lived? We've lived. How many of y'all have believed in him? Raise your hand if you believed in him. The Bible says, if you live and believe in Jesus, what's the promise? You'll never die. Can I get an amen? We'll never die. We get promoted. We don't die. Our bodies go back to the earth, but we're more alive than we've ever been in our life. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. For the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Amen. You know, we, we, look at, we look at eternity different. Eternity is life, not death. Life, not death. And I want you to notice the next scripture. John, 1 John 5, 11 says, this is the record. That God has given to us what? Eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. 
And he that hath not the Son has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have what? Eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. You know what that tells me? We're deathless. We, we don't die. Amen. We got eternal life, y'all. And you know what? That's not just eternal life when we get to heaven. We got it right now. And, and we've got that life living in us. Oh, praise God for that. And because of that, we need to recognize that we are only in trouble when our vine dies and our vine will never die. Amen. And because he never dies, we have life. And we are deathless because of Jesus. Now let's look at the next thing because I think it's important. Palm tree living claims a constancy of relationship with no severance from its source. We, we, don't, we don't need to sever ourselves from the source. And that source is Jesus Christ. We, we have a constancy of life living in us. Uh, can I tell you this? God don't take a vacation. He don't take time off. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always there. Amen. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake. You know what that means? We have a constancy of a relationship with no severance from our source, Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at the verse, John 15, verse 4 through 7. Let's flip back over there. John 15, verse 4 through 7. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide where? In me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bring forth what? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burnt. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done in you. How many of y'all believe that? God says that. Now let's think about it for a moment before we move out of that point. How do you do that? How do you have a constancy with that? How do you do that? How do you, how do you have a constancy in that relationship with God no matter what? Now, this is not on your notes, but you need to write this down. You need to write down four things I'm about to tell you. It's not on your notes. I didn't want to put them on there because I want to make sure you wrote them on there. How do you have a constancy with, with that in relationship so that you can always have life no matter what? Are y'all ready? Write these down. Write these down. You have to, number one, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, if you walk in the Spirit you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You've got to learn to walk your life in the awareness and the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Everybody say that. What do you got to do? Walk in the Spirit. Watch this now. Write this down. You got to learn to walk in the Spirit, and you have to practice spiritual rebound. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. Spiritual rebound. Spiritual rebound is this. You got to live your life that you're getting cleansed of your sin. Amen. 
Sin hinders your walk with God. So as a believer, as a believer, you got to walk in the Spirit. And how many of y'all desire to do that? I desire to do that. But listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Even as hard as I desire to do that, my stupid will get on every now and then. And man, I'll sin. I know y'all don't do that, but I do that. My, my natural man will get crazy. I'll be, before I know it, I'll be saying, I'm a, I want to walk in the Spirit. I just want to be Spirit-filled. Man, I, I want this victory in my life. Man, I want to be the spiritual giant. I want to do this. And all of a sudden, man, I'll get crazy. Bro, Rick, you don't have that problem. I got that problem. How many of y'all have that problem? I mean, the lust will start messing with you. Well, how do you get back on track? How do you get back on track? You don't let the devil keep beating you up and defeating you. This is what you do. You got to have spiritual rebound. How do you do that? Listen to me. Write this down. 1 John 1, 9. If I confess my sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to what? Cleanse me from all of my rush. You know what I do? When I mess up, I have to say, God, I'm, 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 I want to ask you to forgive me for that. And I rebound back where I need to be. So I've got to walk in the Spirit and I have to practice spiritual rebound. Write this down. You've got to exercise your access to the presence of God. You've got to exercise your access to the presence. Not on the screen, but you need to write it down. You've got, to ex, 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 you've got to exercise your access into the presence of God. What does that mean? Hebrews, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. You know what you do? You have to, you have to exercise your access to the presence of God. There are times when you walk strong. There are times when you have to go, oh God, I, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. But there are times when you have to say, God, you told me I could come into your presence. Yes. And right now, by the authority of your word, I'm going to access my presence with you. I'm going to come into the throne of grace. I, I, God, I got a habit today. Uh, God, my life's hard today. The hurricane's rolling in. The tough times are here. It's not just predicted, it's hit land for me. And God, I gotta, I gotta access my experience in your presence. Sometimes you can't do nothing else but just be in his presence. Amen. I mean, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. And then you have to embrace, now watch this, you need to embrace the power of his word. The power of his word. You remember what it said there? It said that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Amen. So you know what you have to do? You have to embrace the power of God's word. Sometimes, watch this, y'all. Sometimes you don't know what to say in the storm. Sometimes you don't know how to pray. Anybody ever been there? I don't even know how to pray in this mess. Sometimes it almost seems like prayer just don't come to you. Well, when prayer don't come, grab a hold of some scripture and start speaking it. God, your word says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because of that, God, your word, right now I'm going to hide my heart so I don't sin against you. 
God, your word says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Your word says, you will never leave me and you'll never forsake me. Your word says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they're going to comfort me, God, in the midst of this mess. Oh, God, you told me that no weapon formed against me would prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn because this is the heritage of the saints of God. And you told me, God, when my enemy came in like a flood that I would lift up a standard against him and the standard I'm lifting up is not what I can conjure up but what you have established in your word God right now I want your word active and operative in my life I don't know how to pray don't know what to say but I know this will not return void can I get an amen and you have to do it that way you have to do it that way now watch this do y'all have it so far I gotta hurry I gotta hurry you have to demonstrate your faithful commitment to God. And you've got to walk in that. Now, I want to get you to number five quickly. Because of this truth, God has promised a triune abiding presence in the life of every believer. Now, I'm not going to rush through that. I want you to get that. Because of this truth, God has promised a triune abiding presence in the life of every believer. Watch this. The entire Godhead working and living in you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit living and working in and through our lives to cause us to naturally, watch this, naturally, and I like this, and normally, naturally and normally to produce fruit and give glory to God. Is that good, y'all? That's a promise to every believer that the entire Godhead God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is operative in your life so that you can naturally and normally produce fruit and give glory to God. Watch this. Even in the hard times. Yes. Now, watch. I'm going to give you the verse. Psalms 92, verse number 12 through 15. Go to that verse. Psalms 93, verse number 12 through 15. Got to look at it, everybody. Let's read it together. The righteous shall flourish like a what? He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Come on, read this with me. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Watch this, verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. This is where we get Baptocostal. They get fat and flourishing. Can I give the amen? Why do they do that? To show that the Lord is my rock. He's upright. And there's no unrighteousness in him. Now, John 15 and 8 says, Here it is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and you'll be my disciples. Amen. You know, when you think about that, I wrote the bottom line, I'm going to give it to you quickly. If you're not flourishing, 
Boy, I wish I could just tell every church everywhere this, every believer everywhere this. If you're not flourishing and continuing to flourish, there's something drastically wrong with who you're connected with and where you're planted. If you're not flourishing and continuing to flourish, there's something drastically wrong with, with who you're connected with and where you're planted. And I want to tell you this. God is not your problem. God is not your problem. If you're not flourishing and continuing to flourish, something's wrong with who you're connected with and where you're planted. But I promise you this, God ain't your problem. So here's the deal. If God ain't your problem, there must be something wrong with you. Because if you're not connected to the vine and the vine will never die, then there's something wrong with the life source. Problem's not God. Problem must be you. So here's the, here's the question. Do you need to stop and do a self-inventory today and go, God, is there something in me that you need to work on me about? God, is there sin in my life? Is there something hindering what you want to do? Have I become cold and have I become calloused? Have I disconnected myself from you? Lord, have I been listening to the wrong people? Have I got my eyes off you? Father, has my passion for you grown cold? Right now, with our heads bowed all over this place as our ministers come, maybe today God is saying to you, you need to come back and get connected. You, you need to... You need to have a connection with me again. Maybe today you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you need to come to him. Maybe today you need to join the church. Whatever your need is, I'm going to tell you this, my friend. Jesus is your answer. So today, would you all stand with me? As we begin to sing this song, I'm going to invite you to come. Come from all over this building. Come to Christ. Make that decision. As we all sing this song, this ought to be the song of our heart as we sing this together. Let's sing it, guys.